This is the Smart Communications Smart Communications Smart Communications Podcast. Developing the voices voices, voices. Developing, developing the voices, voices of determined nonprofits. Brought to you by Big Duck. Welcome to the Smart Communications Podcast. This is Farah Trumpeter, co-director and member owner of Big Duck. Today, we're going to ask the question, how can you get donors to give again? And I'm delighted to have with me Dana Snyder. I met Dana a few months ago at a conference called Cause Camp, where we both had the chance to share the stage at a conference held by Do More Good with lots of nonprofits in person. It was my first in-person conference since COVID back in May 2022, and I enjoyed talking to Dana in between the sessions and getting to know her. Well, let me tell you a little bit about Dana. Dana Sheher is a speaker, podcast host, and digital marketing strategist. As the founder of Positive Equation, her mission is to teach nonprofits how to transform their online experiences through digital marketing strategies and the use of new technology. Dana frequently speaks on innovative ways for nonprofits to increase their online fundraising efforts with guests on her podcast, Missions to Movements. Dana, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. It's great to see you again. It is great to see you too. One day we'll get to see each other in person, but till then, till I get to Atlanta, or you come over to Brooklyn, we will enjoy <laughs> yeah. this space together. <laughs> I always love coming back to New York City, so hopefully I'll be there soon. That's right. You still live here. That's right. Come on back. So let's just start by making the case for this conversation. According to the Association of Fundraising Professionals Fundraising Effectiveness Project, the average donor retention rate in 2021 was about 41.9%. So most organizations are holding on to less than half of their donors year over year. And when we break that down more, we see that number actually go down dramatically to less than 20% for new donors and then up to above 60% for repeat donors. So I know you've worked with lots of nonprofits on staff and as a consultant, and I'm curious how you've seen this problem of retention play out. Why do organizations need to pay attention to donor retention, and how can they maybe try to get those repeat donors and leverage that number up? It's a really great question and some really interesting stats that you just listed. I think we are overly focused on new acquisition, always and forever. When I worked for a nonprofit 10 plus years ago now, I remember that was my focus as a development manager was how do we bring in new people to our organization? That was kind of always the main goal that we talked about. And there honestly weren't, there weren't any discussions about how do we build deeper relationships with the existing people that we already have outside of just sending the monthly newsletters and the annual campaign snail mails But there wasn't any like personalization discussions about how do we take Dana or Farah as individuals and realize, okay, Dana gave $50 six months ago. What does that mean? What has she done so far, right? Like how do we really figure out that deeper conversation with people? And I think acquisition is no doubt more expensive, right? To find new people, to bring them into your organization. And it can be really time consuming And there's the mental aspect, which can be very frustrating and daunting of like, how do I continue to bring in new people? And I think focusing on donor retention can be super uplifting for the organization and for the people, your supporters inside of it to grow deeper with you. So I think for numerous reasons, we should be paying more attention to donor retention from a cost standpoint, from a staffing standpoint, from a resources standpoint, and overall just a benefit to the overarching impact that the organization can grow and have. 
Yeah, I remember reading years ago, I think it costs six to seven times more to acquire a new donor than to hold on to one you have. And that makes sense because when you're acquiring a new donor, maybe it's postage, maybe it's printing, maybe it's a whole new set of email that you worked with designers and consultants on. And again, it's like, you know, make new friends. We still want to bring those new donors in, but let's keep the old. Let's cultivate the ones who've given to us, you know? Yeah, and I think we all know this, right? I think we all know in the back of our mind that we're kind of like spinning our wheels on the new people all the time. But I think maybe the time just hasn't been spent to sit down and really think about, okay, what are the systems and the tools and the processes and the data and all the things in place that we need to have to set up something to help with the retention plan? Yeah, and I know one of the best ways that nonprofits can boost retention is by actually having a strong monthly giving program. Because donors who often sign up to be repeat donors and monthly sustainers Kind of stay and keep on giving. You give your credit card and you forgot you did it. <laughs> it keeps going and going and going. Hopefully you're still happy about that monthly charge. And I think actually more and more, especially through the pandemic, people have gotten used to subscription programs, right? I'm sure Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime all saw a boost as people were kind of signing up for those things. So I'm curious, who are the best prospects to actually invite to become a monthly donor? I would look at any donors that might be giving less than 250 maybe $500 a year. And who are those people that are giving those one-time gifts, individuals? And if it's less than that amount, or if it's a one-time gift of 250 or something, or if it's a one-time gift of $25, right? How can they give that $25 gift 12 times? or a $50 gift 12 times a year, which obviously significantly increases that gift over time. I really think I give to so many charities because I'm like a multi-passionate donor of different causes. And there's a great study that Neon One had published about like the reasons that we give. And some of them are culturally, right? Like the Ukraine war, like something random pops up and we feel the urge to give. There's a more intimate where something has happened to me, therefore I am invested. Or a friend of mine, something has happened to a friend, therefore I want to give. So I just feel like I'm a very multi-passionate giver. Therefore, instead of giving like a big lump sum to one organization, I really enjoy giving to multiple organizations, smaller gifts, but I understand that monthly giving equals more stability and sustainability for an organization. If they can say, we know that we have, I'm just making this up, right? $10,000 in monthly gifts coming in every single month. That's a great chunk for them to know that they can rely on pretty much. And I think the average retention rate for monthly giving is 80 to 90%. So it's significantly higher. So I would really look at your donor data and figure out, okay, who are those one-time gifts that are maybe like, Maybe it was once, maybe it's one time, but it's infrequent, like it's random. And how can we ask that specific person to become a monthly donor for our for our organization? Yeah, or even that annual donor who's given to you for the past two or three years, maybe the same amount, maybe slightly more. But consider even getting a $25 donor to give $5 a month. You've just upgraded a $25 donor to a $60 donor and more than double the amount they've given to you. And then eventually have specific programs to upgrade your sustaining donors. So it's definitely worth thinking about. And I know you also teach a cohort-based program called Mastermind, which helps nonprofits build a community of recurring donors so they can actually spend more time on stewardship. Can you share a little bit more about the benefits of building a strong monthly giving program to an organization? You spoke about reliability, but maybe speak more about this idea of stewardship and, and what nonprofits can also benefit from when they have a strong monthly giving program and they've actually built a community among those donors. 
Yeah. So my mastermind's actually the same name as my podcast, Missions to Movements, and I love it. So I worked with six organizations and I relaunch it. So the next one will be in January of 2023. And over the course of three months, we literally build and launch monthly giving programs. And that's soup to nuts, creating the name to like the landing page, to the video that goes with it, to the optimizing the donation tool and everything alongside of that. The most powerful monthly giving programs, it's going to seem like the simplest thing to say, but they're talked about all the time. It is brought up at every single fundraising function. It is in every single email newsletter. It is your Giving Tuesday campaign. I remember when I was talking with Vic Harrison from Charity Water about this, she's like, we talked about the spring. They now have 70,000 monthly donors. She's like, we talked about the spring relentlessly for over a year. It was the only thing we talked about. So you can get really crystal clear on just talking about that program. And that is the only thing you want people to do. That is on your homepage of your website, right? Like a big one, a really simple like tweak is make sure on your giving donation tool that there's an option for a monthly gift. And even better is if there's an upsell. So the six programs that I worked with I'm platform agnostic, but they all ended up switching over to Fundraise Up. Fundraise has the same capability, but one of the things that can happen is if you're giving a one-time gift, and let's say it's $60, the next thing it'll ask is, actually, would you instead like to make that a monthly gift of $25? So in your mind, just from a normal like sales standpoint, you're like, oh, I was going to give 60, but 25 sounds way more doable, but it's 25 times 12, right? So it's obviously more than $60. So really creating a program that makes people feel like they're coming together as a community to make an impact together, I think is a big deal. So when we're building out these programs, I'm like, this is a product. This is a product. Think about it like a SKU number. And you are telling everyone about this awesome product you have. You have to market the product. You have to talk about the product. You have to invest in the product. You have to put good branding on the product. You should have video. Like it's a full product. I mean, there's no other way else to say it, but it's really investing time and energy into a program to allow it to be sustainable and successful. Yeah, and a lot of what you're just talking about with thinking about it as a product comes to marketing. And of course, we often talk about the connection between communications and marketing and fundraising. And the idea of that, you know, a regular part of communications is to help you build and deepen relationships with your community. In this case, we're talking about your community of donors and prospects. And I'm curious, what are some ways you've helped nonprofits use social media, their website, videos, or other digital strategies to actually engage repeat donors, to keep people giving, maybe again, to consider giving more, whatever it may be? Yeah, I think it's all of the above, right? I mean, I think the first thing you have to think about is, having a great landing page, like where are you asking them to convert to make that transaction happen? And what's on that page? How easy is it for them to complete that gift? The one thing that we invested a lot within my mastermind is there's a copywriter that's part of the program. The whole first month is nothing but really understanding who is your ideal donor for this monthly giving program specifically. Like, who has been a super fan? And a lot of times we based off of who's a true, real, super fan supporter in your organization. And let's build it off of that. And the copy is going to speak exactly to that person. And a lot of times I think we overcomplicate copy and we try and talk in like super robust sentences and like make it super scientific. And it's like, we're 
humans. Like we just want to like make an impact and know like the really good feeling behind it of like making an impact and making a difference. And so having a really great landing page with powerful copy is huge. I think the other thing is again, optimizing that donation tool. This was one of the most important facets. I mean, going through just these six organizations was one of them, I was like, I had to log into something to donate. No one's ever going to do that. I was sent to like a separate website that wasn't branded as theirs. And I was like, we had to change this. One was like not mobile responsive. Like I think a lot of times we're just in the hustle mode of like working on so many other things that we don't look at the core components of making a gift and like what it's going to be for an outsider. So I know that's fundamental, but making donating really interactive and simple. Social ads are my jam. So I am always promoting using social media ads. So paid ads on Facebook and Instagram primarily, but to reach your warm audience and to reach new cold audiences, two different strategies there, obviously. A big one also is great email marketing. And when I say great email marketing, I'm really trying to focus in on segmenting and personalizing those emails. I have one member in the group, she was creating individual videos and she was individually emailing existing recurring donors to get them to move over to this new platform. And she's like, mostly all of them didn't care about giving a duplicate monthly gift during the transfer month. And she said it was like 50% or so were bumping their gift and they were giving more. So by having that personalized conversation, she was seeing tremendous growth just from having that conversation. So if you can really personalize your emails, come up with like a great flow and a cadence of them. And I think we try and make our emails like, let's talk about monthly giving. And then let's talk about our gala. And then let's talk about this great story that happened. And then I'm confused about what you want me to do. (laughs) Do you want me to go to the gala? Do you want me to give monthly? Do you want me to like read this story? Like really focus on one clear message per email communication and make it the only thing that you want somebody to do. So there's so many facets of what you can do. And I think if you just start to like focus on one section at a time, like if you can set up an email funnel that's automated and then that's set to go. And then if you can set up an ad campaign and that's running and that's set to go. But really, really, I think it's focusing on the fundamentals of what does that landing page look like? What's the language around that landing page? And what is the giving experience like? Those are great. And you also made me think about when you talked initially about who are the donors who are most likely to give. We had a whole other podcast I did with Micah Bevington about donor personas. We've evolved our thinking to say, like, focus really on psychographics. What motivates people? Why do they give? You mentioned how, you know, for example, you're a multi-cause donor. So what's going to attract you to this organization may be different than a single cause donor, depending on your connection to the issue. So really thinking about who those people are and then experiencing how you're asking to give through their eyes. Imagine what it's like, what happens when you go to make a gift? Can I actually make a gift to you from my phone and not just from your website to your point about having a mobile responsive page? What happens when I fill out the form? What do I see on screen? What do I get in my email? So even just doing that audit of how you're communicating and then building from there, I think is really helpful. Yeah, there's a super interesting stat. One of the great things that I do like about Fundraise Up is they have this, they have a lot of interactive elements that you can put on a website and they have a element that's called social proof. 
And we see this all the time on e-commerce sites, right? It's, it's Dana bought these shoes. Like, you know, you're going to like want them too. And so you click on the little like social proof Dana. 100 people are buying these shoes right now. <laughs> yeah. Dana from Georgia. And so like you click on it, you're like, oh yeah, because that, okay, somebody else just bought them. So I'm going to buy them too. But they have that for donating. And what's interesting is we enabled that social proof element on these sites. And it is one of the top elements that's converting donors. So like the social proof aspect and like really being part of a community, it it was fascinating to see more than the actual just like donate button itself. Yeah, that's amazing. And I think that speaks to the idea that people want to be part of something bigger. And by supporting you, knowing that their gift might collectively add to much more than they can give on their own. And that social proof is a great reminder. Well, before you go, you've dropped lots of nuggets and tips, but I just want to see if there are any other tricks or ideas you have that folks can consider putting into practice, basic things they can do to create or promote their monthly giving program, or even some pearls of wisdom about social ads, if that's your jam (laughs) when it comes to monthly giving. Yeah, share some more tips for us. Yeah, for sure. I'll give two. So on the monthly giving side, I'm going to start at the beginning, which is your naming. So there were some names that came up in our brainstorm session that if they're not easy to pronounce or spell or say properly, like you might think, oh, this is so like spot on for who we are as an organization. And I'm like, but I have no idea what that is or what that means. And so it's like, don't overcomplicate the naming of your program. Make it something that is already on brand. For example, the family promise did the promise. So, and they think about that in a sentence. I'm making the promise, right? I'm joining the promise. There's another one, Celebrate RVA. They create birthday parties for kids in Richmond, Virginia. It's amazing. So their monthly giving program is called The Party. Join the party, RSVP to the party. Like think about it in a sentence and how people would think about it in joining because you're gonna have to talk about it in your marketing efforts. The second thing that I would say on social ads is now and all year round, one of the greatest ads that you can run is for lead generation. So not donation-based, but lead generation and collecting emails. If you can have a great lead magnet, so not inviting someone to your email newsletter because no one wants to join another email newsletter, but like some value exchange of content for lead generation. And I have a whole course that I just launched recently on this about building your email list of supporters because social does not convert nearly as much into donations as email does. Like point blank. And you own your emails. So if you can use social ads to consistently build your list, and let's just say that the average lead costs you $6, you are 100% going to get more than a $6 donation from that person. I would say those are my two tips is really invest in your lead generation in social ads all year round. And then number two, really think about a very marketable, easy to use monthly giving program name. On the second piece on the lead generation, I just want to just pull out maybe one or two ideas. I've seen organizations do a checklist, a resource guide, something that is related to the mission, but might actually be useful to the supporter or the community or ways you can volunteer to do X. Other organizations you can support as part of our movement to Y, something that they'll actually get benefit from as an incentive to give their email. Is there any other quick ideas you've got off the top of your head? 
Yeah, a great one is if there's a resource that like a family can do together. Is there an activity at home that if they can like build something or make something or deliver something, that's a really great one. Any webinars or videos that you might have that are kind of as a content unlock piece, like you have to use your email to be able to see behind the scenes of X, Y, and Z story, that works really well. So it might be things that you already have. I love your idea of the checklist. An easy one that I think is great is we're always looking for content to consume. Like just this weekend, I was like, what's new on Netflix? What if there's a list of documentaries or podcasts or books on your topic area that would help me be more informed about what's happening? That could take you, I don't know, 20 minutes maybe to write those down. It doesn't have to be fancy. You could put it in a Google Doc, or if you wanted to, there are beautiful checklist templates in Canva, and you can just write those down, download it as a PDF, and you're rocking and rolling. Love it. Well, so much goodies, but I want to let you go back to your day and helping more nonprofits engage their community. So if you'd like to learn more about Dana's work and read her blog, go to positiveequation.com. You can also follow Positive Equation on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find Dana on LinkedIn at Dana R. Snyder. And Dana also has a great podcast we mentioned earlier for marketers called Mission to Movements. And if you're curious about Big Duck's work to get campaigns or plans to encourage repeat gifts and engage sustainers, reach out to us, drop us a line at hello at bigduck.com. Dana, thanks again for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Are you a fan of this podcast or Big Duck's other resources on nonprofit communications? If you are, we'd love to hear from you. Please drop us a line by writing to hello at bigduck.com to tell us what you're working on and what topics you need help with. We also welcome getting your feedback via reviews. You can review this podcast in iTunes or wherever you listen. We'd love to hear from you. This is the Smart Communications Podcast, developing the voices of determined nonprofits. Brought to you by Big Duck. Big Duck is an agency that puts smart communications in the hands of nonprofits. We help our nonprofit clients develop strong brands, strong campaigns, and strong teams that advance their missions and achieve their goals. Connect with us at bigduck.com.